Hello. Big news from our friends over at DistroKid. They now have an app. This app works on iOS and Android, of course. And it's available in the Apple Store and Google Play Stores and all the stores where you buy apps. Go check it out. It's got a lot of cool features. You can upload new releases. You can get notified when you've earned royalties. Awesome. You can withdraw from the app via push notifications. A little dangerous for me, but rad. Anyways, go check it out. It's all at distrokid.com slash app. And don't forget, you can still get 30% off your DistroKid account by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash tour stories. Have a great one. We would like to celebrate our friends and supporters over at isotope.com. Find makers of audio software for repair, mixing, and mastering. You know their goods. RX-10, Neutron 4, Ozone 11, Nectar 4. Chris and I love them. We use them. And we know you'll love them too. Go to isotope.com and check it all out. And to get your discount, use code FRET10 at checkout. Again, it's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E.com. Please enjoy your day. And we are super psyched to welcome our newest sponsor, Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest's best source for premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle, that's West Seattle, or Portland stores. You'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. I know because I'm in there a lot. Grab a cup of coffee swing on in don't spill your coffee and check it all out and now if you use code tour stories 10 you can get 10 percent off at thunderroadguitars.com yes that's me playing guitar hey david how's it going good how are you doing doing all right where are you i'm currently in my studio in my basement in Los Angeles. There's basements in Los Angeles? This is a, a rare find, really. It's like the, the the property the house is on is on a big slope. So by the time you're in the back of the house, there's like a not legal oh, I got under the main floor basement situation. Right. No, that's legal. That's yeah. Not, in, in LA, it's legal. Yeah. Um, I don't want to jinx you, but I honestly, I just, as soon as you said that, I know two people with basements in LA and every time it rains, they're so fucking stressed. It hasn't been a problem here, but we did. I did once have a um, the hot water heaters right next to the studio, and it did explode once. Yeah, and that was a that was a nightmare. Water and studios, no good. Exactly. Yeah. So you're in Los Angeles. Is that where you live now? I live in LA, mm-hmm. originally an East Coaster, but I've been here for nine years. Oh, okay. Almost to the day, actually. Yeah, I, from what I understand, you, you grew up on the East Coast, as you just said. But your music, to me, if I just heard your music, I'd be like, ah, oh, that's West Coast guy. I, I think my soul was yearning for it my whole life. Yeah. You know? So uh, you said you grew up in Jersey? Grew up in Jersey, school upstate, lived uh-huh. in New York City a long, long time. What was your experience with music growing up, like, you know, performing, your scene, uh, or studying music, whatever you did? Yeah. Um, I started playing drums when I was 11. That's still the main instrument. And then 
you know, I lived in a suburb of New York City. So mm-hmm. by the time I was a teenager, I was going into the city to see mostly concerts, not a lot of, you know, indie rock shows or anything like that. Yeah. And then the scene where I was growing up in Bergen County, New Jersey, was a lot of pop punk, ska, stuff that I definitely experienced and, and enjoyed some of, but was never really my thing. Yeah. I, I still like a lot of that stuff just it was never i was never really entrenched in the scene like some other people i grew up with were yeah uh, i'm envious of being able to go into new york city so easily i would have loved to grow up near new york city um you said you went to concerts and that means bigger shows yeah 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 exactly what, what'd you see what was significant back then the first concert i ever saw when i was 12 was Beastie Boys. Oh my lord. And uh, Tribe Called Quest opened. Jeez. And that just like blew open the doors. I think, <laughs> yeah, that was their Hello Nasty tour. And then it, they were doing it in the round. Uh-huh. And then I think I saw a concert every week of my high school career since yeah. then. Or even, you know, that was middle school actually. So. Right. And I had an older, I still have an older brother. Yeah. Uh, so that was a good resource to have someone. Of course. To, to drive you in or to chaperone you as it were. Yeah, that's great. Give your, yeah. par- give your parents... Uh, I had not an older brother, but I had an older friend who took me from the East Bay suburbs into Berkeley to go to shows. And this yeah. older friend my parents really liked. He was like this older kid in my high school, but for some reason my parents trusted him. Rightfully so. He took care of me. Yeah. And took me to Operation Ivy shows for Christ's sake. Oh sex. my God. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a band I would have loved to have seen. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, that... Well, uh, we're here to talk about this new record of yours. Uh, don't take your heartache out on the world. I listened to it all weekend. I traveled all weekend and I listened to it on the plane. I love it. And I'm, I'm probably going to say this a million times, but there's something about it. This word confident kept coming up and it's just, the performance and the delivery about it, it's so rich and confident. I don't know what else to say. Um, that's really my first thought about it. And sound-wise, it, it's um, really a lush kind of rock record. I hear a lot of kind of sub-genre rock. But I think it's your production that makes what I see as influences really cohesive. Mm. Um what would you attribute this cohesion to? That's a great question. I, you know, it's hard to sort of reconcile the, the sort of disparate influences and, and sort of genres you were talking about, but, and it's hard to explain it in a way where it, it sounds like a, it could possibly be cohesive. Right. But, you know, I have a, I had a great co-producer and, you know, we would, develop these songs in the studio. It's not like I had a band with a rehearsal space mm-hmm. to like sort of work out the kinks. And I think we were just always mindful of, can this song go next to this song? Is there a world where these two can coexist? Right. Instead of just making some random tracks and throwing them on an album together, we right. were we were always sort of considering that. And in fact, certain songs didn't make it onto the record for that reason. Okay, right. Yeah. And so... At some point in your life, you went from just being in a band and being a songwriter, and you and you went into production and uh, engineering. I'm assume I mm-hmm. assume. Um, 
I want to hear a little bit about that path, and and also I want to hear about when you embarked on this on this record. At this point in your career, do you approach a record as a producer? Like, are you chasing a sound maybe that you've been interested in all year, or do you still go down the songwriting path? But but first, let's hear a little bit about your producer world. Yeah, so um, I started writing songs in my teens, and then. I think it was my freshman year of college where I got an inbox to mm-hmm. date myself. Yeah. A very, you know, I wouldn't say a very early version of Pro Tools, but yeah. an early enough version of Pro Tools. Um, so I did a lot of dorm room recording and I took it everywhere with me every vacation. And my knowledge of Pro Tools was very rudimentary. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess when I was a sophomore in college, YouTube had started becoming a resource. So anything I wanted to learn how to do, it, it was starting to become available that I could yeah. figure things out. But then I, I continued to write and always saw the recording that I was capable of as a means to get down ideas, demos, etc. And it wasn't until working in a studio where the engineering and, and production love really, really blossomed. Mm-hmm. I, I always thought I didn't want to work in a studio because... You know, if you're working on someone else's music from 10 to 10, the last thing you want to do is go home and write or work on your own stuff. But I actually found it really inspiring. And, and you know, you learn something every day and you could take that into your own stuff. So, What studios did you jump into when you were starting? Yeah, the only studio I ever worked at in New York, which is where I really learned how to do everything, was called Oscilloscope. Oh, no one's ever yeah. heard of that. Tell us about it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Well, for those who don't know, it was, it was the, the late Adam Yauch's recording studio of the Beastie Boys. So th- this is a, a band name that will likely come up throughout the conversation. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. How So how was it working there? I mean, it must have been... Because there's the uh, film production, I'm assuming, in the same building. Yeah. So, th- so that's how it happened. I, I was working at his distribution company, and the recording studio was across the hall. Mm-hmm. And I, I left the distribution company for another job and then wasn't really happy there. So then asked the, the head engineer, whose name is Andre Kalman, who's amazing, if I could assist. And by that point, since I had worked at the film side, I built up some rapport and some trust. And I don't think I'll just let anybody in there. Right. And was lucky enough to, to get the okay. And he taught me most of the stuff I know on the best gear and, you know, my <laughs> The first session I ever worked was John Spencer Blues Explosion. Oh, it was just my like Lord. Th- thrown into it. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> oh. It was like pretending to know what the names of microphones were. I had no idea yeah. what was going on. That's great. So, and, and back to um, this record, you, you touched a little bit on it earlier, but do you ever approach creating a record with just a production idea, sound? Usually not. Mm-hmm. Usually the song is written first. There are a couple instances where I'll stumble on a, a groove or something in the studio and I'm tinkering and that'll develop into something. Yeah. But the more traditional songs are definitely written on piano or guitar beforehand and then sort of dressed up in whatever ways they're, they're dressed up in. Right. Well, there's the single that's out, Red Front Door. I know why that song's a single. I, went, I kept going back to it. Because I, I try not to find, I try to hide the single from myself and see what I go back to. I was yeah. right this time. 
and it's it's a hooky number i gotta say and the way i'm interpreting the lyrics is is very interesting to me i i don't know that i've ever heard this version of you know a life and i will interpret it you can tell me if i'm wrong but it seems to be touching on a fracturing relationship there's some infidelity but they're still together yes you nailed it it's a really yeah. uh, interesting section of life that actually probably occurs unfortunately more than than people like to admit yeah remorseful infidelity yeah. i'd like to add not not autobiographical are you sure? I, I assure you. Yeah. Um, it's not that exciting over here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's an exciting song. Well, to that, I'd like to play Red Front Door. Is that cool with you? Absolutely. All right. Here we go. I can't help their inviting glances, but I'm trying hard as I can.
love it. Wonderful song, man. Um, Thank you. And I want to uh, dig in a little bit. You, you say you have a co-collaborator, and um, I always want to talk a little bit about the studio experience of making the record. You said mm -hmm. it was just two people? Well, it was two people sort of in the cockpit, and then uh -huh. we have a real array of people coming in to do the various things that we're just not capable of. Uh -huh. So on Red Front Door, for example, even there's hand percussion. Yeah. That was played by Fredo Ortiz Jr., mm -hmm. formerly the Beastie Boys percussionist. Yeah, I know. Um, I think now with Los Lobos, we've had some just guitar shredders come in, a lot of backup and lead vocalists, uh, a lot of bass players. But yeah, there are some tracks that are entirely me or entirely me and Andrew Lappin, who is my co-producer. Mm -hmm. And are you multi-instrumental? Yeah. And do you play a lot of the drums? I play all the drums. Oh, you do. That's 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 still my uh, my my number one instrument. I'll like, I'm I'm starting to practice again, even though I don't play drums out. I'm like, I should get I should get good again. You're good. Thank there's you. a, there's some technical stuff on this record too. There's all these little like, I think a couple times they function as bridges, but they're like shreddy guitar parts or yeah. like weird time signature bridges and stuff, and it's uh, pretty exciting. Thank you. Keeps the listener going. It, it might sound like we're very good, but we're, we're very good at editing. <laughs> and the, the other thing that I noticed just with, with all your recordings and all your records is that you seem to have no fear of collaboration. And uh, I, was ha I happily discovered your Fat Tony collaborations because I love him. Oh, yeah. um, He's the best. I've hung around him a few times. He's friends of friends. I'd mm -hmm. like to hang around him more. But... Uh, those are great. Also on this record, you have quite a few collaborators and um, guest singers, etc. What do you what do you find valuable about collaborating with people versus, you know, kind of taking it all on yourself? I think it's twofold, really. I think one side of it is that historically, I've been known to be a control freak. Mm -hmm. And um, sort of allowing Andrew, my co-producer into this world what well, was a big um it was like a musical trust fall sort of yeah, thing yeah and just having more people come in it, it just turned out to be something that is is probably just good for me in general you know let let you do your thing and then whatever we get we get and i'm sure it'll be great because i trust the person doing it now that I, i'm allowing myself to trust them it feels really good and then the other thing is just that in the case of guest vocalists, there are just some things that feel like, even though I've written them, should not be delivered from my perspective. Mm -hmm. So there's a song in the album that's the next single coming out called Lovebird, which is the only song on the record that's entirely sung by someone other than myself. And it just, I tried to sing it and it didn't feel right to deliver those words. Was that tough to do that? No, honestly. Oh, good. Yeah, I I think I expected it would be tough. And then the second it started happening, I was like, this was the right decision. And it's also just, you know, a full day of vocals where I don't have to hear myself singing. Yeah. Which is right. always just the, you know, it's like the worst, most tedious part of recording <laughs> is getting the vocals down. So I was like, I can just be on the other side of the room for this, you know? I've recorded myself singing. I, I could probably count on one hand. Um, all I end up doing is messing with reverbs. 
And I'm like, I can't, I, not even a reverb can help me. Yeah. But I, we're two different worlds. I can't sing. You can sing wonderfully. Uh, you have a very soothing interview voice though. Oh, which... that's, well, let's apply that to lead vocals somehow. <laughs> Shatner yeah. style or something. I would, I would love that. <laughs> um, well, again, congratulations. And, and Lovebirds is the next single. Mm-hmm. When's that one coming out? Do you know? June 21st. June 21st. Yeah, June 21st. Awesome. How was it having Sweeney play on the record? Oh my what a, God. What a rad dude. I don't know him, he, but he's a rad dude. He's the raddest dude. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was sort of a Hail Mary. Like, uh-huh. Cause I had, I had worked with him a few times at oscilloscope and had his number and his email and we had kept in touch a little bit. I kind of, I haven't really spoken to him in a long time, but I was like, we need a, we need a guitar solo on this. We need some lead. I was like, let me, let me write the Hail Mary and see what happens. <laughs> he got back to me. I was like, holy shit, this is actually going to happen. And I, I recorded it cause he lives in New York. Yeah. Went back to oscilloscope at the time when we did it there. Just the one solo. Oh, it was, great. It was awesome. Yeah. Oh, just one solo with Sweeney at Oscilloscope. Mm-hmm. That's charmed life. I've been very lucky. Yeah. <laughs> um, one last thing I, I uh, want to talk about is combing through, you know, all things D.A. Stern. I notice you have a dynamic visual component to yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, chameleon-esque, maybe. But it really, like, you, you don't notice it at first, and then I just started noticing it It, your video applied to your videos as well but i really like it and um i'm wondering how conscious that is and and if that's something you know do you have a visual background visual art background or anything like that there is no visual art background over here yeah i it's it's funny i I was thinking about this other day the first concert i ever went to was when i was you know 12 or 13 Mm -hmm. For a lot of other people, I feel like that's actually kind of late. Mm-hmm. The the thing I grew up with most, my parents didn't have a ton of music in the house. They had some, but there was always movies on. Mm-hmm. Always comedy record. Like I was listening to things I should not have been listening to sure. in the comedy world when I was way too young. So was I. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the glory days. <laughs> and I, I think the sort of like comedic element of the videos and as also sort of uh, seeped into the music and that's just that i think that's my first love really uh, despite having no professional pursuit of that whatsoever yeah i'm with you mel brooks for me oh my god i mean that you know that is the password on my computer yeah <laughs> <laughs> well it's it's really cool i don't know i it, and it does seem it doesn't seem like you're wearing it on your sleeve it was kind of a subtle thing that i noticed and i was like oh it's cool it seemed to to simplify it it's seems really fun it's fun it's i you know i want to do a lot of things a lot of different things even yeah. at, at the risk of, of abandoning but my core as it yeah. were and one of your videos i really laughed out loud i think you're a private detective and you just mumble a couple things you're on mm-hmm. the la river i'm assuming and it's just yeah. fucking funny it's Thank really you. funny that's the fat tony track oh yeah that's what it is yeah. right yeah yeah well keep it all going man um, Thank you. And are you going to hit the road with this with this action? I have one release show scheduled for September 16th at Zebulon. 
-hmm. the record comes out the 13th. No other touring plans at the moment, but I am hoping to get that all in the books soon. All right. And I'm assuming full band? Full seven piece. Oh, whoa. That's yeah. serious. E Street style. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are you working on anything else right now, production-wise? Uh, I've been working with a few bands, and then I'm always down here throwing new DA Stern stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks, but it's, it's been a slow process. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, keep doing it, man. Do it all. Change your clothes. Make songs. Walk your dog. Your dog looks like an exact medium version of my dog. The dog is no longer my dog. Oh, I'm sorry. But um, the dog is very much still in my life. Okay. It's a long story. Yeah. <laughs> for for a... part two, I think. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, if you get out there traveling, uh, travel safe and congrats on this record. Good luck with the show at Zebulon. If I'm in LA on September 13th, I'm going to walk into Zebulon and say hi to you and listen to your concert. Please do. It's a free show, but I'll put you on the list. Oh, that I need to be on the list, whether it's free or not. Absolutely. And if it's a benefit, I still need to be on the list. <laughs> Kidding. All right, man. Take you it ma easy. You match gifts. All right, Joe. Thanks <laughs> so much. Right. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.